All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. Boop, 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 boop. Lick a shot. I'm Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> the Calvin man is Garland. What's up, man? It's, it's too early. I'm drinking right. coffee, and you talking about liquor shots. Liquor shots. No, I almost <laughs> dropped some vodka in this coffee today. <laughs> man, you know, uh, it's the uh, hip hop will be 50 years old in August, and so. I've been doing some posts on Facebook uh, leading up to that. And, you know, that was but KRS-One. Liquor shot! <laughs> <laughs> I saw your biz post the other day. Got what I need. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, posting lyrics. I'm posting little videos and stuff. You know, I am the hip-hop professor. For those who don't know, you know, uh, I've taught about the uh, culture on a uh, collegiate level. And so, you know, I'm a little eggy head about uh, hip hop and all those stuff, rap music. (laughs) (laughs) And now, and rest in peace to Biz. uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Rest in peace to Biz. Biz Biz had been around all our life and it was was kind of, what was this, last year, year before last? It ain't been too long. No, no, no. I think it was last year. It had to be last year. Yeah. 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 You know, Biz gave us some hits. Uh, You know, uh, Nobody Beats the Biz, uh, Just a Friend. Uh, all of that, man. Vapors, you know, vapors. yes, yeah. Vapors. About the vapors, <laughs> you know, uh, toilet stool rap. You know, Biz gave us some hits, man. <laughs> Biz was um, Biz was one of those non-celebrity celebrities. We used to see Biz oh, and all Pick the time Lucas. around the city. Yeah, I seen him in White Marsh Mall. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not the mall, the town play shopping. Uh huh. Um, seen, of course, down on Monument Street. You see everybody down on Monument Street, right? If you're down there long yeah. enough. You know, he uh, he lived in PG. And so he lived down here in Maryland for uh, most of his adult life. As a matter of fact, him and another old school cat, Busy B. Um, Busy B lives in Baltimore City, man. I used to bump into Busy B all the time at uh, Wyman Park uh, Diner on um, Howard Street in 25th. He'd be in there having breakfast. He used to bump into him all the time. And so, okay. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of... Um, a lot of the old school cats that live in Maryland or live in Baltimore. But yeah, man. Um, hey, we, we are back. We took a little break last week. Um, but yeah. we are definitely we great. Everybody's good, so yeah, yeah. We, we got two we got two weeks worth of talking to do. So I'm let me let me let me hang oh, 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 oh. to my man the hip the hip hop guru, the uh the rap professor, the hip hop professor, the rap genius. The rap genius ball over there. Anything you want to know about hip hop, ask him. You there you go. Eighties white boy music. <laughs> <laughs> right, yacht rock. That's my man. He got the doctorate in that. <laughs> Had to learn the hard way. All right, y'all. We're gonna talk a little uh, college football, some NBA. Your boy, America's favorite anti-Semite. He's back at it again, Kyrie Irving. We'll talk a little Orioles real quick. Um, you know, I ain't too worried about him, but, you know, it does is a little red flag. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the NFL. Your boy Tom Brady, he's retiring. Can't believe it. Um, you know, I guess it's time, you know, him and his, his face look different every time you look at him. And so, <laughs> you know, I guess it's all right that he is 
uh, retiring. So we're going to reflect a little bit on on Brady and what's going on with old boy there. And uh, we're going to get into some of the NFL hires, recap our picks, uh, our most recent picks. And, um, you know, just just have an all around discussion, man. Going to even talk a little bit of uh, the Pro Bowl and stuff and come on, yo. And so give me a second. Uh, Calvin, just getting something uh, set up. All right, I'm ready. All right, let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, first, let's talk about Ed Reed. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I don't know. You Maybe you can call me Negro Domus because two weeks ago, <laughs> I talked a little bit about the boy Ed Reed, and I was saying, you know, I, I gave a nice little come on, yo, about Ed Reed and Ed Reed just, you know, uh, getting himself together. And <laughs> what do you know? Uh, later on that day, um, Ed Reed's job was gone. Uh, if you don't remember this, Ed Reed, uh, he was offered the job as the head coach of Bethune-Cookman University uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, didn't know this, and a lot of people were surprised by this. The contract had not been executed, and so it was just an offer they were negotiating. But uh, Ed felt that he needed to go ahead and start working. And so in the process of working, Ed started making all of these uh, very, uh, I, I would say, crazy posts and uh, just cursing out the administration, saying a lot of things that were just kind of inappropriate as the leader of their football program. And uh, the board and the university president had enough and they rescinded the offer to Ed. And uh, if you've watched Roland Martin, you've seen the whole drama fold out. <laughs> Roland Martin interviewed the college president. He interviewed the head of the uh, board of regents for um, Bethune-Cookman. He interviewed Ed himself. And Ed, I, I, I'm starting to think Ed might have early symptom CTE <laughs> I don't know. Ed really got real emotional. And so, yeah, and it just all ended up with Ed no job. And I, I think it really just boiled down. There was enough blame to really put on both sides, Calvin. I mean, I, I don't think the university was ready. You know, this is a school that just went through two hurricanes. Uh, they're trying to uh, rebuild the campus. They're trying to get things in order. And maybe the timing just wasn't right for Ed. And it appears from just Ed's interviews and everything that Ed was not ready for a job like this. You know, I do have to give it to uh, Dion um, Subprime Sanders that um, <laughs> Subprime, yeah, Subprime. That's my new. He's not prime time no more. He's oh Subprime. My gosh. <laughs> and so I do have to give it to Dion. Dion knew how to put on the face to influence the decision makers at the uh, power five level. And that is white men who run these athletic programs. Um, over 90% of the athletic directors at the power five schools are white. And so Dion put on the face that he could run a program from soup to nuts. Ed, not so much. And so uh, any final thoughts about what happened with Ed and this whole debacle? First of all, let me, do y'all hear that paper right there? <laughs> Garland is over there lying. That is the petition signed by Garland two weeks ago after we did our show to get Ed Reed removed 
That is the actual that I faxed over to the food cookbook for him because his fax machine wasn't working. And then they went ahead and fired him. So don't believe Garland when he said he must be Negro Dogs. He was not. He was the, he was the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson <laughs> You must get rid of him. <laughs> Hey man, it's funny you mentioned Dion because um, when you when I think about the situation, I think of um, what we as black people kind of have to do every day if you're in the corporate world, and that is code switching. Um, yeah. Dion can code switch with yes. the best of them, and yes. and he obviously he can because Dion has been in the spotlight ever since he's uh, been on TV at Florida State. Um, ever since he's been the top athlete at wherever he's gone nationally. Um, he's been in the spotlight. So he's had to know how to code switch. Now, he was a little rough, if you remember, Dion, he was a little rough and raw yes. at the beginning in Florida State. Even when he got to the Falcons, he was a little rough and raw. But, you know, over time, people start coaching you and teaching you on how to deal with the media and things like that. Although he's never lost who he was, Dion definitely knows how to walk the walk and talk the talk when he has to. If you watch Ed Reed at any time, Ed Reed will come in the interview and where most people will say something like, if they say, hey, how you doing? Most people be like, hey, I'm great. How are you? Hope things are well. Ed Reed will start off, man, you know <laughs> Right. Ed Reed does not have that code switching ability, which makes it, which is one of the reasons why we all love him. If you hear yes. anything, you'll always hear Ed Reed keeps it real, man. You're going, yeah. He keeps it real. He's never lost who he was. Right. Um, although I think that I was in Ed Reed's favor in this situation, I think the school, if you listen to both stories with the Roland Martin interviews, I think the, somebody is not quite telling the truth. And I kind of lean towards the school because that um, interim president seems to have a lot of people against him, it down to even to the students and former students. But with that being said, the one thing I fall Ed Reed on is you didn't have the job. The one thing you cannot do is trash your potential employer. Sure. Where I think most of us thought he had already had the job. He had the job just, I guess they call it in principle or just yeah. in words. Mm -hmm. He never really had the job. So that's where the code switching had to come in, Ed. You had to kind of keep your mouth shut. Right. Or, or even if you wanted to voice your opinion, you couldn't do it nationally like that. You you couldn't blow up like that. You had right. to kind of maybe talk to a few people, but keep it under wraps until you actually get the job. Then you can affect change because right now you're not you didn't really affect change. You brought attention to it, but you're kind of widening the gap. You're kind of yeah. sowing division out there because now you got students protesting, you got people wanting you back, and the interim president is not going to put egg on his face and bring you back. So that's that's a done right. deal. Um, another problem you're going to have is getting another opportunity at a school that's less than what you may think it is, because no school wants to be um, right. put on blast like that. So, right. yeah, I mean, my final thoughts are pretty much, I'm with you, Ed, but you got to wait till you get the job before you come out like that. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it's tough enough for black men to get these jobs. Um, and, you know, our institutions are, yeah, they're giving these black men an opportunity to lead. And I'm sure his desire was to get to the next level. 
as most coaches should be, you know, and there's nothing wrong with uh, going forward or anything like that. Um, I just think, you know, he has some work to do. I do hope he gets another shot. I, I hope I he too. gets another opportunity as well. Um, you know, it, he has a great football mind. I just think emotionally he's not ready yet. Doesn't man, appear man. He, yeah. um, he went off. Yeah. Rolling. You know what I'm saying, bro? You right. know what I mean, bro? He, he off. Yo, he was a he was a tender box. I was like, we're the Kleenex. This man, I mean, he just, then he started dry snitching on everybody. Man, Dion called me about that. Whoa, hold up. Because someone raised that point. I saw in another discussion about this. Um, they were like, well, Dion said to the team that he was supporting one of the coaches on the staff for getting the job. And then all of a sudden, Ed on here talking about Dion. Call him to get him the job. So wh- which one is true? So he put his I, I boy had, in the mix. I had Shaq giving money. Right. I had a lot of people giving money. I'm not even going to put them in. Well, you right. You just you did, sir. <laughs> I mean, uh, sir, it, it came off very Bill Cosby was buying NBC. It, so. be, it very much did. <laughs> very and much not did. Byron Allen trying to buy it. Right. <laughs> Byron no. Allen was the assassin with that one. Byron right. Allen money law. Byron Allen does have a... Uh, yeah, he got money. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Ed came off kind of like, yeah, you know they did that to him because Bill Cosby was about to buy NBC. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Ed Reed came off almost like R. Kelly and uh, Gail King. Right. This is my wife! This is my fucking wife! That's a, right. <laughs> Yeah, man. So I wish we wish Ed the best, man. You know, hopefully you get another shot somewhere. Yeah, hopefully Uh, it may it may not even be uh, uh, college. Even if you get a high school shot, yeah, work your way up. Like we talked about off air. I think that passion he got might work in high school. Go ahead, do the high school route for a minute. Exactly, and like we talked about off air, you know. you learn lessons, you live and you learn. And this is just probably a lesson for him that you got to kind of chill until your name is on the dotted right. line Be- before you start going off and even trying to make changes, make sure you're getting paid, make sure you're an employee of the school, because it really just looked like you were a TMZ reporter taking pictures and, you know, putting the school on blast and they're not going to want that. Most definitely. Now let's go ahead and transition to the NBA. Um, after uh, being reported by uh, ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, after failing to negotiate terms on a long-term contract extension with the organization, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving has issued a trade request, sources told ESPN on Friday. Irving, who will become a free agent this summer, wants out ahead of Thursday's NBA trade deadline. The Los Angeles Lakers, I know Calvin's uh, cheering over there, and the Phoenix Suns are already expressing interest in discussing a Irving trade, and the Dallas Mavericks are expected to do so soon, sources told ESPN. Irving did not uh, furnish a list of preferred teams, but his marketplace is small, and it's clear he's hoping that a team will trade for him with intentions of signing him to an extension in the offseason. Uh, the Nets and Irving's agent, uh, Shatila Riving Erling, uh, Riley Irving, had discussed an extension recently, but Brooklyn remained reluctant to rush into a long-term commitment without further evidence that Irving could stay reliable, perform at a high level, and remain controversy-free, sources said. Rival teams expect the Nets to prepare for the possibility that the trade request is a leverage play 
on contract talks, and that could affect how the organization moves with regards to possible Irving deals. Irving, who is in his final year of a deal that pays him $36.9 million, has been seeking in the neighborhood of a four-year, $198.5 million maximum extension available to him until June 30th, sources said. If Irving is traded, he is eligible to sign a two-year, $78.6 million extension with his new team until June 30th. And so any thoughts about this? This kind of dropped yesterday I was uh, as I was prepping for the show. Around 3 o'clock, uh, this had uh, popped up. It was on the uh, scroll on ESPN, and people were losing their minds. Uh, Kendrick Perkins and everybody else on the uh, NBA show on ESPN and um, what are your uh, thoughts about this? I don't know why they would be losing their mind. You and I talked about Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving last year and if the Nets should have traded him last year. Right. Um, because, you know, because of just this, there's no need to sign him to a long-term deal because all the news that ever comes out about Kyrie is never basketball-related on the court. Now, with that being said, his past few weeks while Kevin Durant has been down, Irving has been yes. going off lighting the league up he's been going off but this is par for the course with urban i mean he's always requested a trade and this being his last year like it's obvious he wants to be a laker he wants to go back with with lebron james his most success has been with lebron james it's obvious i mean the suns would be a good spot dallas would be a great spot him and luca teamed up luca needs the help but it's obvious he wants to be with the lakers so i'm, I'm thinking that's why there's no team request coming out because he doesn't want to make it so obvious. But it's clear that he wants to be with the Lakers. The Lakers want him to be there. They can. They need him. Um, if Brooklyn would take, like, Russell Westbrook, which I'm sure they will. Russ has one year left on his contract. Um, you know, you can, you can make that trade, and, of course, you're going to need a couple draft picks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – how do you demand a trade when all you have to do is play out the rest of this season with a team that actually has potential of maybe not winning the championship, but probably going deep into the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference? Um, now, the the effect I see with this is that now, again, the Lakers want him. That's going to help uh, definitely extend AD's career, which I still think they should trade him, even though he's been playing well. Street clothes. Um, may, even, may even give you – LeBron may even stay another year or two if a Kyrie is staying. But what I look at is what does this do for Kevin Durant? Like Kevin Durant left Golden State to go to Brooklyn and bring in this powerhouse team. He's to lost be with his boy. Harden. He's the, he's the only one remaining from there, and mm-hmm. it's it's like what's what's you know what is he going to do? What's going to happen there? But um, yeah, I you know I'm thinking that. He's going to be a Laker, and I'm all for it because, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. It will def- My Lakers have been playing much better. Um, it, the Lakers are probably going to make the bottom half of the playoffs, but if Kyrie comes, you never no, know. They may be able to move up a little more. Lakers is not making the playoffs this year. They are making uh, the playoffs. <laughs> they absolutely are making the playoffs this year. If, and if they get Kyrie – they might jump up to a five. Yeah, they could if they did. But to me, that Brooklyn, to trade that with Brooklyn, Brooklyn would be dumb because you would have to take Russ Westbrook back and then you would have two non-shooters on your team. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you can't let you, well, 
okay, so if they make the trade with the Lakers, so you, I, yeah. I guess you're saying if they trade with the Suns or maybe trade um, with Dallas, they could get more. But they yeah. they have to get rid of Kyrie. Like if they're not going to sign him, you can't let him walk. He's too much of a talent to let him walk. Yeah, I agree. Um, he is too much of a talent. You know that is an asset. You should try to get something for that um, asset. Um, I, I just think it's just um, those those top teams. Yeah, you, you don't want Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons on the same team. <laughs> everybody's just going <laughs> to yeah. Everybody's just going to guard Kevin Durant, <laughs> and that's it. Because you don't have to guard. Uh, Westbrook, and you don't have to guard Simmons. Simmons has actually gotten worse as the seasons progress. And so if I'm Brooklyn, yeah, I'm holding out for the best deal. Throw in your picks, give me some cash, give me some players that I can, yeah, because in the East, you still have it, you're still in position to get to the playoffs. You have a good chance to, you know, make some noise. You have uh, one of the best players, if not the best player in the game when he's healthy in Durant playing and so yeah you don't want to dash your team's hopes by you know giving away your best play your second best player but um yeah it, it all has to be in return if the return is not up to par then you know maybe you just take your chances you hold on to the end of the season then you rock there but for me any of those teams that are interested you know uh the lakers i saw the clippers was in the mix for a mm-hmm. minute the suns you have to be worried. I mean, giving him that long-term money, and and this is what we talked about yes. last year because of his instability. You know, Kyrie comes in, he says all the right words when he gets there, and then you get into the season, you get uh, into games, and something just cl- and he just changes up on you. He misses a lot of games. He starts to I don't want to say flake out, but yeah, he starts to disappear. That's what. So that's why I think the Lakers are a better opportunity for him because um, you're only looking at him with the Lakers as long as LeBron is playing, and LeBron right. is not going to be playing two years at the most, I would say. Um, if you put him in Dallas, you're going to look at him with Luca, and Luca, you know, has a longer career going, so that's not right. going to work. Um, if you put him in Phoenix, you're looking at him with um, Devin. Devin that's Booker. not going to mm-hmm. work. Um, you know what I mean? So I, you, it, it would have to be a team whose window is win now. And Phoenix's window actually is win now. So maybe yeah. that would work. Um, but it's not going to be a team who's looking for a long-term uh, future because I agree with you. He, he's so volatile. You just never know what's going right. to happen. But I will say, um, you know, you can automatically sign him to a two-year deal. But a four-year deal with the opt-out isn't that bad of a deal Um Four years with Kyrie, you know, he'll start acting up in year two and then, mm-hmm. you know, you start moving around then. All right. Well, um, Kyrie, uh, uh, Kyrie uh, who's 30 years old, he's averaging 27.1 points a game, 5.3 assists and 5.1 rebounds a game this season. And so we see what happens with that. Um, not sure if that's going to happen by Thursday, but uh, we'll see what the Nets uh, do and what other people are going to offer for him. So let's talk about our O's real quickly. Um, uh, This news just came out, I believe, in the middle of the week. This is being reported, yes, on Wednesday by the Baltimore Sun that the Baltimore Orioles uh, are going to decline a five-year Camden Yards lease extension and say a long-term agreement would revitalize the stadium district. And so 
what they're planning to do is secure a long-term, more comprehensive stadium agreement, according to two people with knowledge of the situation. This is being reported by Jeff Barker of the Baltimore Sun. Uh, the lease expires at the end of 2023, and the baseball team expects to reach a new agreement by then with the Maryland Stadium Authority, the sources told the Baltimore Sun on Wednesday. Uh, the bigger deal is expected to commit the team to Baltimore for many more years, as well as outline plans for upgrades to the state-owned ballpark. It also includes redevelopment projects at or near the site to boost the region's economy. Uh, the Orioles and Democratic uh, Governor Wes Moore issued a joint news release Wednesday evening expressing their commitment to creating a long-term multi-decade public-private partnership that develops and revitalizes the Camden Yards complex as a magnet for sports tourism and leverages Maryland taxpayers' investment in the property. And so uh, we talked a little bit about the Orioles' um, situation towards the end of last year, what they needed to do. And we were talking about uh, what's going on with ownership. You know, there's a local fight between the siblings, um, the Angelos um, sons over the ball team and the mothers involved as well in terms of the ownership fight from Peter Angelos. He's no longer uh, able to run the team. And so the sons are fighting over who the team should go to. And um, I said, that's really been affecting their ability to sign free agents. Uh, there's big worry. Uh, it was reported that um, John Angelos, who's uh, currently acting as the Orioles chairman and CEO, he lives in Nashville, Tennessee. There was rumors that he wanted to move the team to Nashville with his wife. His wife is in the country music business. Um, she's a writer and producer, and uh, he possibly would relocate the team there. And uh, he's come out with several statements saying that's not true, uh, but you know he's kind of had a, a little shaky uh, relationship with the press. And so uh, any thoughts about this, you know, them declining this uh, lease and, you know, what, you know, should we be nervous about uh, the Orioles? So from my understanding, um, this is kind of common, um, you know, the declining lease agreements because the Orioles look for, or all teams look for a long-term deal um, at the stadiums. I believe the Ravens did that, um, last year a year before last um so i i think so now i could be wrong i, I don't i re don't really know the the intricacies of why the teams reject deals um why they look for longer term deals of course i mean it probably would just make sense why would we sign for five years when we're in the city that you want us to stay forever so let's sign for 10 years or whatever i don't know right um so right now, no one else is panicking. So I'm not panicking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. No, it, it, it's it's kind of one of those news stories that if you are not looking for news stories, like we look for stories to discuss, you probably wouldn't even notice. And I think that happens a lot um, with these stadium deals. Now, uh, what, what has happened before, this has been a reason why teams have left it is why the Colts left um because they didn't get a new stadium like Ursa wanted they wanted right. he wanted to build a new stadium it is why um I believe oh man one of these teams moved city uh San Diego the Chargers yeah. it's mm -hmm. why the Chargers left San Diego and shit and decided to share Los Angeles which I you know just 
ridiculous that Los Angeles always finds a way to get more than one team. California just, just right. ridiculous. But anyway, um, so it it does happen. Um, hopefully, it's not going to happen with the Orioles. But again, no one that we would respect their baseball opinion seems to be panicking about it right now. So I'm gonna let it roll. Hopefully they'll get it done. You know, I know even when, when I was uh, living in my apartment and they would send me a new lease agreement and raise the rent, I'd be writing letters like, Oh no, I can't pay that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need you to lower that down. And they always came back with another offer. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Then I stick my chest out and be like, show my wife, be like, look at this. Just, that, you, that's why you don't be taking their first offer. You'd be like, no, uh-uh. They I my rent on time. What did I tell y'all the last time we were on air? You want some financial advice? Let's <laughs> talk to this man. Talk to this man. Don't ever take the first off of your paying rent. I just went through that with my youngest daughter. They sent her a new rental agreement that uh-huh. was going to raise her rent like $100. I was like, nope. You, as long as you've been paying your rent on time, even if you're late a little bit, just write them back and be like, I can't pay this $100 extra. Uh, and they'll be like, well, well, we'll let you do it if you sign a 16-month lease. No, who's going to sign a 16-month lease? I'm too young for that. I will sign a six-month lease or even a year lease, and I will pay you. You get, cut it in half and let them come back with another offer, and it worked out for it. That's what you do. You never pay what they offer. Always try to negotiate. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the worst thing to know. say is no. You know what I mean? Like, that's the worst thing Bro, to say. You can't I'm, go to jail for it. The more you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, uh, we'll see what happens with the Orioles. We'll keep an eye on that. And as we head towards spring training and the start of the baseball season, we'll check back in to see where they are with their negotiations. And so, man, let's talk about what the, the whole world has been talking about uh, with this announcement on Wednesday. I think, you know, every time I turned on ESPN or NFL Network or any other sports channel, this was the only thing that they were talking about is your boy Tom Brady. He says he's retiring for football for good. And so uh, ending a story 23-year NFL career during which the star quarterback won seven Super Bowls and set numerous records. Uh, he announced his decision on Wednesday on social media, saying he wouldn't change a thing about his career. Um, now, Brady, he also announced he was retiring last year on February 1st <laughs> <laughs> before changing his mind 40 days later and returning to play the past season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, this is a quote from Tom. I know the process was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. Uh, he said on a, a video on Twitter, I won't be long winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay. And I used mine last year. So uh, really, thank you guys so much for every single one of you supporting me. And uh, he said that he informed the Buccaneers of his decision at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm trying to think who was up in the Buccaneers office that early. Y'all ain't in the playoffs. Y'all ain't playing no more. I'm not sure who was in the office, but he called somebody at 6 to let them know I ain't coming back. Now, Brady, who won six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots and won with the Buccaneers, ends his career as the NFL's leader in career passing yards with 89,214 yards in touchdown uh, passes, 649. Uh, Three-time league MVP passed for 4,694 yards, third most in the NFL, and 25 touches, touchdowns this past season, his third with Tampa. 
Um, also, I want I saw another stat. Uh, he also holds the all-time NFL records for regular season wins with 251, Super Bowl appearances with 10 playoff games and wins. Uh, he's won 48 playoff. I mean, he's been in 48 pl playoff games and won 35 of them, as well as playoff yards, 13,400, and touchdowns, 88. And so uh, in your Mount Rushmore, is Brady on it as uh, the GOAT in terms of quarterbacking and one of the greatest players to ever play the game? Um, so he has to be. Like, like him or not, he has to be one of the greatest players of the game. Um, he's been kind of the face of the game for at least out of the 23 years, at least the last 15, maybe. Um, yes. So he, he, he has to be like, you, you cannot deny. Um, and, and we've talked about this with LeBron James versus a Michael Jordan, where even if you were, even if you are a Michael Jordan is the greatest fan, such as I, I mean, the greatest player, such as I am, um, you can't deny that LeBron James has been to eight finals in a row, which makes right. him one of the greatest ever. Um, even if you are a Joe Montana, um, John Elway, you know, guys that have, uh, rarely lost in the Super Bowl, where Brady has lost only a few times also. But you right. cannot deny that Brady has taken every team he's played on to the playoffs. Um, the only time playing with the Patriots that they didn't play well was the year that Brady didn't play. Um, I mean, just, just look at what happened as soon as he left. They went from the top team in their conference to barely making the playoffs and not even making the playoffs this year. Um, you yeah, he he has to be man. You don't have to like him, but you if if you are any type of real football fan, he has to be one of the greatest ever. Um, now, where he ranks as the greatest ever, I can take some debate on that. It depends on what you hold um, as your as your catalyst to go over top. Um, where he ranks, especially in quarterbacks. I would definitely say uh, our in our generation, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Um, winner, uh, a guy that was picked 199th in the 2000 draft behind six quarterbacks, three kickers, and a punter. Um, this guy, man, I mean, he got an opportunity, and he just improved every year. You know, I, 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 I thought that uh, Manning, Peyton Manning, uh, for a minute to me was, you know, I, I think in terms of um, – throwing the ball, using receivers, just his mind. They were neck and neck. And then Brady just put his foot on the gas. You know, he played on great teams. It's kind of like, I guess, the argument about Bill Russell. You know, uh, Bill Russell is the greatest winner of all time. Mm -hmm. um, he was without not a, a doubt. Right, without a doubt. He was not a great scorer. He never averaged over uh, 20 points in a season. Um, he was a great rebounder, but Will Chamberlain, who was his um, his foe, I mean, just washed them. I mean, it was like chicken dinner. You, you know, it was like Shaq against little babies at that point. But he played on great teams with probably the greatest coach of uh, in the game at that point. And so I, I think we can say the same for Brady. I mean, the greatest coach in Belichick. Absolutely. Uh, on one of the greatest teams, one of the greatest organizations from top to bottom. And um, 
you know, I, I would definitely put him on a Mount Rushmore. I mean, he's a, he's he's the ultimate winner. And if we are going by winning in which we, you know, rate our stars, this guy's right there. Yeah, I, it, it, without question. And um, let's let's also not I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from Bruce Arians also, um, although Bruce Arians will probably never be named as one of the greatest coaches ever. Tom Brady did go to a pretty good coach. Right. Eventually, he did not like. But you see what happens when he doesn't have a top tier coach with him. Um, then he's, you know, they're barely making the playoffs. Yeah. And he it, didn't go to a trash team. I mean, you have exactly. uh, Mike Evans, Godwin, exactly. <laughs> and you add AB to that and Gronk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you had at the time you had a very very good defense on yeah, the other side. Yeah, you had a very so, good defense on the other yeah, side. It's, yeah, it's he went into a very good situation. Right. Um, yeah. but but that still doesn't take away from the fact that Tom Brady magic man. And if you that that playoff game that they lost um this year to the um oh man who they lose that to in the NFC uh what's it they, they didn't oh play they lost to the Cowboys. Um, that playoff game with the Cowboys, if you the Cowboys were just blowing them out. They had two minutes left in the game. They had just scored a touchdown, got a, a got a um onside kick, and Brady throws a dime to Mike Evans, streaking down the sidelines. If Evans catches that ball, they're down 10 with about a minute and a half left. We all know that if you give Tom Brady any type of time at the end, that Brady magic happens. I was so disappointed that Mike Evans dropped that ball because I was like, I want to see if they get another onside kick in this game. Because we've seen it too many times, especially right. if you're an right. AFC fan. Mm -hmm. We've seen it too many times, but Mike Evans dropped that ball. So, you know, no, no story to be, no story to be talked about there. But um, yeah, man, Brady has brought something to the game that not a lot of quarterbacks were able to do. And he was like him or not, he was exciting to watch, man. Definitely. Definitely. That um, Super Bowl <clears throat> that they lost to the Eagles when the last one that he played in, no, that wasn't the last one. The last um, one as a Patriot. As a Patriot, because I was thinking the Rams was the last one that he played in that they won. But no, it was the uh, Eagles. And um, he threw for like 500-something yards. <laughs> that game, it, it, you know, he had a monster game on the biggest stages. He always showed up. And so um, got to give him his props. And so uh, enjoy retirement, Tom. Uh, we know he's a he's a listener of fanboys. And so we yeah. Know. And that's if he retires again. Like, I'm not even falling for this one. I'll see when the season starts that he's not suited up. Then I'll be like, yeah, Tom Brady actually did retire. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't believe him. I don't believe him yet. All right, all right we're going to see. San Francisco might be calling. You know, they talking about the 49ers. Uh, calling. No, don't do 49ers that. 49ers need a quarterback. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. They need don't a quarterback. All right. And, and as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and transition to talk <laughs> about some hires. As a matter of fact, uh, the Houston Texans, they signed a defensive coordinator, uh, for a former 49ers defensive quarter, uh, coordinator, D'Amico uh, Ryans, uh, on Thursday. And uh, Ryan said uh, that the opportunity to be the new head coach of the franchise he played for uh, is his dream job. And so uh, Ryans becomes the Texans' fourth coach in four seasons and replaces Lovey Smith, who went 3-13-1 in his long season as head coach. 
Uh, one of the reasons why Ryan views this as a dream job is centers around coaching the team that drafted him in the second round out of Alabama in 2006. And uh, he becomes the fourth coach since 2000 to coach uh, the team by which they were drafted. The others were Gary Kubiak, uh, who coached the Broncos from 2015 through 2016. Mike Munchak, who uh, coached the Titans from uh, 2011 to 2013. And Art Shell, who coached the uh, Raiders from uh, 1989 to 1994. And he also coached them one year in 2006. In Ryan's uh, rookie season, he was named Defensive Rookie of the Year after finishing second in the league in tackles. His uh, 126 solo tackles were the second most for a rookie in NFL history. He earned second team All-Pro and logged uh, two Pro Bowl selections during his 10-year career with the Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles. He played for the Texans for six seasons and is currently the franchise's all-time leader in tackles with over 479 tackles. Um, also, uh, Ryan's, he became the 49ers defensive coordinator in 2021. In his first season, the Niners allowed the third fewest yards per game and fifth fewest points per game in um, 2022. Uh, the Niners allowed the fewest points and yards per game, along with being tied for the second most takeaways. And his unit helped guide the 49ers to a 13-4 and record in the regular season that earned a number two seed before they fell to the Eagles 31-7 in the NFC Championship game. Also, another hire was uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, they hired Sean Payton, uh, and this was uh, reported by Jeff uh, Legwold on ESPN. Uh, the uh, the Broncos, they formally announced uh, Payton as their uh, newest head coach on Friday, and uh, Payton signed what sources told ESPN was a five-year contract but he's essentially been on the job since Wednesday, including interviewing our prospective assistant coaches for his staff. Uh, in a statement, our Broncos owner and CEO called Peyton an outstanding leader and a Super Bowl champion with a brilliant offensive mind. And he added he shares our commitment to winning championships for Bron Broncos country. And we're excited to welcome him as our new head coach. Uh, Peyton spent 15 seasons as New Orleans uh, Saints head coach and was NFL coach of the year in 20, uh, 2006. And he will be formally introduced at a news conference on Monday morning. Uh, he replaces Nathaniel Hackett, who was fired on December 26, just 15 games into the first year with the team. And Hackett had been hired in January of last year, excuse me, of 2021, eight months before the uh, Walton Penner Group, which uh, are um, heirs of the uh, Walton Walmart fame. Uh, and uh, they purchased the Broncos. Uh, back uh, in 2021. And so uh, Peyton was 152 and 89 with the Saints, including a win in Super Bowl uh, over the uh, Colts and then quarterback Peyton Manning. Uh, he didn't coach, uh, Peyton didn't coach in the 2022 season where he worked as an analyst for Fox and he was suspended by the NFL in the 2012 season in wake of an investigation of a bounty program the NFL said the Saints had in place for tackles on opposing players. And then one more hire took place as well. Uh, Frank Wright was hired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Frank Wright, he was the starting quarterback for the first game of the Panthers history in 1995. And he's now the team's sixth head coach 
Owner David Tepper chose Wright, who's 61, after an extensive search that included nine candidates, including interim head coach Steve Wilkes and former New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton. So that was a mouthful. I just wanted to get them all in. And so just some general thoughts about these hires. Um, I'm just hoping D'Amico Rhines disproves the, the most recent theory that the Houston Texans are the black coaches graveyard. They, yes. That's where they go to die. Um, even though Lovey has been a, a stopgap coach um, his past few jobs. Um, so we, we knew that wasn't there the last Lovey did go out with the bang. I'm going to get y'all this win. So y'all don't get the number one pick. And right. then I'm out. Um, so I'm just hoping that um, now, you know, we, we do talk, um, about the black coaches not getting um, a fair shot. I will say uh, Frank Wright and Sean Payton, I fully expected both of them to have jobs. Um, Sean Payton, uh, disappointed that Harvage didn't get removed and they signed Payton, but whatever. (laughs) Um, He can go to Denver and resuscitate Russ's career. Um, Russ needs the help. That'll be the end of Russ's uh, per- personal office. Peyton ain't gonna have that. Peyton gonna be like, no, you you gonna be with everybody else. I got the office, sir, not you. Um, so I look forward to seeing what Peyton can do with Denver. Um, not too much so because that's the AFC team. Um, I do think Frank Reich is a great. I don't want to say great, a very good coach, but he's going to a Carolina team that doesn't have a quarterback so right. i'm trying to figure how that's going to work out for him um because he's definitely going to need a quarterback and that was proven with his coach job like his his quarterbacks let him down they they matt ryan let him down um prior to that uh what's his name carson wentz let him down they could have made the playoffs so we'll see what happens but i fully expected both of them to have jobs um within no time so we'll see but but i'm i'm really really pulling for uh, D'Amico over at Houston. Yeah, I hope he does well. I, I, I am concerned because the last three coaches, African-Americans, only uh, lasted one year. Uh, I'm sure uh, giving this man a six-year deal, they didn't want to pay him all that money just to sit and right. not do anything. And so uh, this seems to have a little bit more weight behind it. And he really doesn't even have a roster there. He has the rookie running back. That's probably his, his best player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're definitely rebuilding. Um, I am concerned, you know, we had four openings. Uh, two of them have already been filled by white men retreads. As a matter of fact, uh, Sean Payton, and Frank Wright. Uh, you still have the Cardinals opening as well. Um, they've yet to settle on uh, a coach there, but we'll see uh, what happens. But um, there was an interesting uh, statement from David Tepper, who's the owner of the uh, Carolina Panthers, and he chose Frank Wright over Steve Wilkes. Uh, and he said what he's doing, uh, he's doing what he can to break up the old boys network in the NFL. And the old boys network mostly white owners has a history of not putting minority candidates in positions of power, particularly as it pertains to head coaches. There are currently only three black head coaches in the NFL, uh, Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. You have D'Amico Ryans of the Houston, Texas. 
in addition, uh, Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins identifies himself as biracial. And so um, I guess he's, he's not uh, all black, but he's biracial. And so uh, the Panthers hired Wright, who is white, over Wilkes, who is black. And, Tess, and Tepper insisted race had nothing to do with the decision. Okay, he pointed to his executive team that includes his wife, Nicole, Chief uh, Administrative Officer Christy Coleman, Chief Administrative Officer Keisha Smith, a black woman who is a senior vice president that oversees human resources, and Tanya Taylor, a general counsel who is a black woman, excuse me, woman. Uh, we probably have the most diverse executive team in the NFL right now, Tepper said. We are probably a minority of white men on our executive team right now. That's where it starts. That's America. So how do you break the old boys network? How do you break that process? You break that process by trying to get the best people possible in every role you can do, whether it's the general counsel we hired, who happens to be an African-American woman, whether it happens to be Frank Wright, who's a Caucasian male. Um, he insists that he hired Wright because Wright has an offensive uh, experience versus Wilkes, who was a defensive uh, coordinator. Um, Calvin, I, I don't buy this, man. I, I just, I don't buy it. They keep moving the goalposts. They keep moving the goal. Every time they, oh, well, we need guys who have coordinator experience. Okay, now we got a lot of uh, African-American men, uh, most of them on the defensive side of the ball, some on the offensive side. Okay, when, oh, now now we need people. Who are, this is an offensive league, so I, I want offensive coordinators. Well, it's not too many African-American offensive coordinators. Uh, the one that's there, the enemy, he can't get a job. <laughs> he, he's, he's been a hot prospect for the last several years. It hasn't seemed to hurt any of the white coordinators who were calling plays behind um, Andy Reid, but it, it just only affects Eric Bieniemy. And so uh, this old boy network, I mean, Wilkes, I think he really earned that job. He, he kept that team together. They basically dismantled that team in the middle of the season. And he had them in the mix in the playoffs all the way up to the last game of the year. And I, you know, I just don't believe there's a commitment to break an old boy network just because you got a couple of black people who work in the building doesn't mean that you're breaking the old boys network. The old boy network is at the head coaching position, the face of the organization. And we're seeing they're not getting the opportunities. So the first, let me start by saying I, I too have white friends. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I some white people. I mean, they've been in my office. It's going to be a whole bunch of, I have black friends. It's right. Um, but now the reason that I said um, in my my last uh, open mic, uh, the reason I said that I fully expected them to get jobs is because I do think Frank Reich and Sean Payton are very good coaches that do deserve another chance. With that being said, I agree with you that Steve Wilkes, and I don't know how much he's considered, so let me not let me not assume that he wasn't considered as much as anyone else. Um, I do believe he should have been the hire for that job um the thing that bothers me isn't necessarily that he didn't get hired it's just the statements that come behind it um you know when it's one thing to try to say hey we wanted this guy because this is on his resume and although we 
did have Steve Wilkes and we like him. We appreciate him. We just thought this guy was a better candidate. When you start coming out with the whole, we probably have the most diverse uh, group in the NFL. You know, the board is usually just white men. We have this woman, this woman, and this black woman. Again, it's giving me all kinds of, Right. I have black friends. That's the stuff that makes you look and say, so this was a non-diversity hire. This was the fact that this is a white man representing your team and not a black man, because that's when you start telling on yourself. Right. Um, you know, it, if you if you didn't want to hire him, you just didn't want to hire him. But just say that, like, as black people, we're tired of the excuses because we're going to think what we want to think no matter what you say. But when you start saying it, we're going to start thinking it even more because now there's no doubt that you, you did not hire Steve Wilkes because he was black. There's no doubt when there's every reason where you could come out and be like, well, he doesn't have enough head coaching experience. And yes, he did help us maintain and did a damn good job um, towards the end of the season. But we just felt like going into the future, we wanted a guy that's a little more proven, which would have been fine. We're going to think what we want to think anyway. But now you come out with all this other stuff. How this is usually last, but come on, yo, right. come on, <laughs> come on, yo, <laughs> right? <laughs> we put the come on yo's all through this. Come on, yeah, exactly. Right. And 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 again, he he does not have the head coaching experience, and you're hiring a guy that's kind of proven himself. So you have every right to hire Frank Wright, and you know you don't need to make an excuse for that but you made an excuse for that. You know, if I'm Frank Wright, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So why do you have to make an excuse to hire me if you think I'm the best man for the job? Sure. You know what I mean? It's, sure. it's just, it's weird. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk, uh, do a little playoff uh, recap and all. And so, so we got to uh, do this because, you know, the playoffs happened <laughs> a long time ago. Like we're on to the Super Bowl. We got to do this next week. is Super Bowl weekend. We got you. Hey man, I just yeah, we just we just trying to you know close the circle, my friend. Just like you know on the Apple Watch when you work it out, you you close your circles. We just trying to go ahead and bring closure because you know people was following our picks and Yo, you know it beats it be your own party. <laughs> people was following our picks and. Just, you know, although we did not get to do a final pick last week, um, I did win, y'all. I, I just want <laughs> your, your boy here, he, he was ahead for a minute, but after our picks of the division round, uh, I went I, I went undefeated in my uh picks for the you division did. round. I did. I, I I was a perfect uh I think it was four and oh or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and so we we ended up with me having seven. Uh, wins to Calvin's five. I just wanted to let that. I'll tell you. I just want to let y'all know. The one that, and if you remember when we talked about it, the one that I was just like cringing before, even when I said it, was the one that I just knew. I'd be coming off that bye, I was right. like, well, the Giants go ahead and beat Philly because mm-hmm. somebody's coming off the bye and Kansas City ain't going to lose coming off the bye. When Kansas City was the one. That right, they was, were struggling because Mahomes were one, one, one leg. Philly handled the Giants like it wasn't. I was just like, dang, yeah. I lost that one. Right. I, uh, I, turned that, I turned that off at halftime. I was <laughs> like, this, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they made quick work. And so, yeah, let's talk about last week's. I just wanted people to know that. That's all. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, the, 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 the AFC, the NFC championship games. And so the Eagles, they ended uh, Brock Purdy's uh, golden boy run. And so behind the stifling defensive performance, they punched their ticket to the Super Bowl after defeating the Niners 31 to 7 in the championship game last Sunday. Uh, quarterback and penalty woes marred the uh, Niners throughout the game. They were forced to largely rely on the ground game with running back Christian McCaff- uh, McCaffrey accounting for their only touchdown. All four of the Eagles' touchdowns were rushing TDs, including two by running back Miles Sanders. Um, and so uh, it was just a pretty dominating game. I mean, the Eagles' defense showed up. They knocked uh, Brock Purdy out early. Uh, He wound up uh, having a torn UCL, um, and he has to have uh, surgery. It's going to keep him out for about six months. Uh, It got so bad at a point they had uh, Christian McCaffrey playing uh, quarterback on the snap. They basically brought uh, Brock Purdy. Oh, then they put uh, Johnson in. Um, and he uh, backed up the. Uh, he was uh, on the Ravens roster last year, and um, he played that Bengals game. He played that Bengals game where they would like playing uh, games with the. They were just playing, you know, T Higgins. He was just tapping the ball up in the air over top of the uh, cornerbacks and everything. It was a mess, and so um, he got Josh Johnson. He got in the game, and he uh, actually led them on that one touchdown drive, and then. Uh, later in the game, he got knocked out with a concussion. And so uh, they they had to uh, put Christian back there to take some snaps. And um, they just went downhill from there. And so uh, any thoughts about that game? I thought it was good. I mean, the Eagles showed that they were class of the NFC. I have never seen anything like that before. And especially for a championship game, it's so crazy to watch Brock Purdy come back in with Plenty of time left in the in the fourth quarter, and all he can do is hand the ball off. All he can do, and, and I think he threw like maybe three passes of like five yards or something. Like I've never seen that before. I just remember watching that. Like if I'm a San Francisco fan, I'm just sitting here like, this is crazy. Like, and there's nothing you can do. There's absolutely no. The the point of a ground game is to run clock. Right, and you're running clock, but you're down three, four touchdowns. It's like, but you can't do anything because he can't throw the ball. It's so wild. Um, let me tell you, it, and Philly handled that game from the beginning. Like, I think a lot of people were like, um, well, you know, they they probably would have had a chance if he was. If you watch that game. Philly was running as well. Yeah, Philly just – it wasn't even a close game. So the quarterbacks going down didn't really hurt them. It was was San Francisco's defense that could not stop Philly's ground attack. And even their air attack. I mean, A.J. Brown was getting it. Devontae Smith, if you saw that, they should have threw the flag on that call, on that um, call that he dropped that ball, and that set up their touchdown. That was a fourth down play. Um but I will say my biggest takeaway from that game is that goddamn Christian McCaffrey is yeah. a goddamn beast. Yeah, he had that run for that touchdown. I mean, my that was that gosh. was a beautiful run. That even beautiful even run. when the game was just clearly over, he was just fighting for four mm-hmm. and five. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, if you remember, his dad 
and McCaffrey of Broncos mm-hmm. fame pulled the race card. If you remember when Christian, right before he got drafted, Ed McCaffrey came out and said something to the effect of, yeah, my son isn't getting, and this is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this weren't his mm-hmm. exact words, um, my son isn't getting the attention because he's a white running back. Um, and I think it was in the Heisman Trophy race. It was something he said. Right. And I just remember thinking, well, if he's good, he'll just get to the NFL and do his thing with a little doubt in my mind. And God damn, if he ain't get to the NFL and was killing his first three, four years and he was injury played the last couple of years. But that boy is a monster, man. He, right. he went to San Fran and just completely solidified everything they had. And like I said, I thought they were the best team in football. Their weakest spot was the quarterback, and that proved to be their downfall in that championship mm-hmm. game. Not that if they had one, they would have beaten Philly because Philly is just on the roll. But, yeah, they need a quarterback. But, yeah, that's my takeaway. Christian McCaffrey is a goddamn beast. Man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, you know, they got very far. Um, they do have some question at quarterback next year. Um not going to show sure what's going to happen with Trey Lance. Um, you know, a lot of people were ready to give that job to Purdy. I, I think this injury does not give him the job. You have to compete for it uh, in training camp. Um, and I think that, you know, they're going to give Trey Lance every chance they can. I mean, because they spent a lot of draft capital on drafting him that year. A lot. He's, yeah. He's really only played two games. That one game was in a monsoon and the next game he broke his ankle. And so, you know, um, he really has not had a shot. And like we said, um, Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer. I'm sure he probably, Lance probably could have had the same level of success that Purdy had. And uh, to think that he couldn't, I think, is uh, misguided. And so um, we'll see what happens with them next season. Both of them will be competing for that job. Uh, They have a great running back that they picked up uh, that's on that roster. They have great weapons. And so, um, you know, they they can be reloaded and come back and do that uh, stuff that they did this year again. And so uh, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. uh, The second game, as a matter of fact, this gives us uh, first two black uh, starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, which is – outstanding um the Chiefs smoked that joe burrow on the Bengals, and so <laughs> you know uh according to pat mahone senior they smoked if he was smoking on that joe burrow there was any doubt if pat's dad was black he, right he would have hit and let y'all know he had some brown up in him they said yeah we see you got a cigar that was a blunt he said yeah i'm just smoking on that joe burrow and so <laughs> Almost a year to the day after the uh, Bengals sent the Chiefs home in overtime of last season's AFC Championship game, the Chiefs got their revenge. Playing through a high ankle sprain, a sprain, excuse me, quarterback Pat Mahomes uh, snapped Joe Barrow and the Bengals streak of three straight wins over KC. Uh, Harrison Butker sent the Chiefs to the Super Bowl with a 45-yard field goal to win 23-20. On Sunday night, it's the Chiefs' third Super Bowl berth in four seasons, and they're faced, again, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And so Mahomes had a message for Bengals cornerback Mike Hilton, who nicknamed the Chiefs' home stadium Burrowhead after the Bengals' divisional uh, round win over the Buffalo Bills. We showed this place is Arrowhead, not Burrowhead out here. But I like what his father said. I'm smoking on that, Joe Burrow. I, I think the 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 uh, the Bengals are going to look back on this game and realize 
they blew it. You are coming in hot. You blew out probably to me, I thought was the best team in the AFC and the Bengals. You went into Buffalo and blew them out. They could not stop in the snow. Your in the snow. Which they is could supposed not to stop be an me. advantage. For yeah, it's supposed to be an advantage for Buffalo. You go up there and you blow them out. They cannot stop you offensively. You just do what you want to do that whole game. You're playing a trash defense in KC. I, I can't tell you any of the starting um, DBs. <laughs> I, the only player I can tell you on that defense is Chris Jones, the defensive lineman. Outside of that, it's a bunch of no names on that team. And you only got 20 points. You only got 20 points out of that. And you're playing the top quarterback in the league on one leg. They didn't blitz him and enough. Don't, don't forget Kelsey's back was hurt. He almost yeah. didn't play. Kelsey almost didn't. The, all the receivers were out. The, the, those that were playing the second and third receivers, they all got injured in the course of the game. So they're down to like the fifth, sixth receivers. And Kelsey. And that's a game they had to have. That was that game was theirs. They did not. I don't think they blitzed um, uh, Mahomes enough to really make him move. Um, and I thought, you know, they did a great job of talking about the Chiefs of keeping uh, Jamar Chase out of the end zone. I, I think that's the key to beating the uh, Bengals. If you can keep Chase out of the end zone, although he had a couple of great circus catches, you have a chance to beat them, and and they were able to do that. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm going to push back on you just slightly. Okay. Chiefs defense isn't as bad as as you're throwing it to be. They don't have the stars, but they are a solid defense. Um. They they have enough where if Mahomes does what Mahomes does, they're going to win the game. Um, so I'm just slightly. They're not as bad. Whatever. Uh, uh, they're not they're trying, as bad. Uh, Name the starting <laughs> linebackers on that team. They don't have any names. They don't have any names, but they're not as bad. Okay. But um, I agree with you. Uh, the Bengals, and, and just looking forward to the Bengals, the Bengals have probably one more shot at this current constructed team, one more shot at, at it at the team looks right now. Um, within the next year or two, Jill Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they're all going to be up for contract extensions and they're going to have to kick out that money. So some people are going to have to go. They're going to lose some good people. I think they're going to lose Mixon this this season. Um, I think I don't think they're going to re-sign Mixon. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be a cap casualty. But with that being said, of course, we're going to look at one play. You don't touch the quarterback when he's out of bounds, when Definitely. he's running out of bounds. You do not. And not only did he touch the quarterback as he was running out of bounds, Mahomes had his foot out of bounds. Another thing, why are you even doing that when the clock is running down and they don't have any timeouts? Don't touch him. Hopefully he'll try to get some extra yards and run the clock out. You right. want the clock to keep rolling. Like, it was just the most idiotic play all around that gave Kansas City, the put Kansas City in field goal range. It was just it was just awful. And, of course, he sat on the sideline and cried. And, you know, one of the players going into the locker room was like, this is my last season. Why would you touch the quarterback? <laughs> this is my last season. Why would you I'm with him. Like, 
I'm one of them guys that when now if you're in little league, even if you're just in like what we played adult softball, you know, yeah. no one's getting paid. But when you're getting paid to play, I'm one of them guys that's like, ain't no sympathy, bro. Like, because right. number one, it'll you'll eventually get over it. Like, you know what I mean? It rarely is it going to play you your entire career. I mean, maybe they're going to show it and this and that, but you know, you can live your life. You know what I mean? Like, it's whatever. But in this moment, you messed up. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to get on the interview and be like, yeah, I don't know why he touched me. He lost just the game. And you know how they say not one play loses the game. Yeah, that, that, that one, one play loses the game. <laughs> that one play lost the game. I, that I don't one. care how you spin it. And, and I know we, and you know how they always talked about, oh, PC culture is ruinous. Well, PC culture has been in sports forever. And this is one of them. No, he lost this game. So the Bengals really lost a golden opportunity to make it to their second Super Bowl in a row um, and possibly take down probably the proven best team in football this year, the Philadelphia Eagles. With I believe Jalen Hurts. And and I talked about Jalen Hurts at the beginning of the season. Well, towards the beginning. I think he's going to be the MVP of the league. Um, now, of course, they got uh, someone else they were talking about, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the MVP. But um, they had a chance to possibly take him down. You know, it it would have been. I think this is the best matchup for the NFL. But I think for the Bengals, they both Bengals and and Eagles, they both have powerhouse offenses, and I don't know if the Eagles could stand up to that offense that the Bengals have. I mean, they can just throw the ball anywhere. Um, but yeah, they they blew. Bengals blew, and I'm glad they did because you know I'm not yeah. a Bengals fan anyway. Yeah, 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 for, for real, for real. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you know. Uh, Ravens and Steelers fans were united. Uh, it was like the Bloods and the Crips coming together to exactly. uh, send energy against this game against the Bengals, and so um, like, because. Yeah, I right. <laughs> I, I got a Facebook friend I went to college with. He's a Bengals fan, probably the only Bengals fan I know in the world. And I mean, he's he's pretty snippy with me on Facebook whenever the Bengals do something to Ravens. So I, you know, I relish. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. Once, <laughs> once that thing went through, boy, I started hitting them with the memes, with the, you know, the little yeah. So uh, hopefully he felt that because they, they they pretty I much also, thought they were going. To I know see. one Bengals, one true Bengals fan that has been with the Bengals since they were when they were horrible, and she right. is a white girl that used to play softball with us. And I cannot talk trash to her. You might see me every now and then. I'll say something about the Bengals, and she'll come on and say something, and I'll always be like the only true Bengals fan I know. I wish <laughs> the best for you because she's so not. So when they lost to KC, no, when they lost to when they beat Buffalo, mm-hmm. she's on there, and I'm just like, you know, I'm mad. I'm like, man, Buffalo, they all they had to do was win. It was in the snow. She comes on and was like. Oh man, I'm so happy that they won. It was such a great victory. But right. Buffalo being so good, it just goes to show you how good the Ravens were um, because they didn't score like that against. And I'm just like, oh yeah, you can't shut yeah. up. I want to, nah. I want to, I want to talk trash to you, but I can't. She's so nice, man. Yeah, yeah. So nice. now nah, this guy gives Holly. me the blue. Yeah, all right, Holly. She's a great. She's a, she's actually a very very good softball player. Well, well shout, shout out to Pat because uh, <laughs> Pat gives me the blues, and so yo, uh, <laughs> fuck your team. All right, so let's keep going. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, take a sip of coffee, y'all. Right. 
Sorry, y'all. I know I, I'm the one that usually got the clean language, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that properly brings us to our closing, and I'll come on yo. So, Calvin, you, you go first. I know I've gone first the last couple. Of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely go first. So, um, and and um, we just talked about Mahomes. So, and we talked about Brady. Um, so Dan Olofsky, uh put out kind of a greatest quarterback rankings and the ESPN went wild because mm -hmm. he ranked Patrick Mahomes as the number two quarterback ever. Um, and I understand his reasoning and I'm not necessarily against it. My come on yo came in because he, he has Joe Montana up there. They, you know, my, my come on yo comes in when everyone that wants to challenge his list goes to these quarterbacks who are legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks that try to say that they're better than Pat Mahomes. All right. So we'll give you Joe Montana. We'll give you Tom Brady. You know, I'll take those arguments. Right. The argument I did not take, they called John Elway out. Oh, John Elway got two championships. And someone had to point out, you know, he didn't win those till the end of his career. Um, and John Elway was a good quarterback. Now, granted, you might say I'm hating a little bit because he he uh, stiff-armed my Colts. And yes, I am. I mm -hmm. am. I do not think John Elway is that good of a quarterback. Right. Um, he's he's really good quarterback. But he's not one of the greatest ever. Well, yeah, he's one of the greatest ever. Yeah. But he's not better than Patrick Mahomes. No. Um, they call Dan Marino out, who I do like a lot. I like Dan Marino. He's yeah. not better than Patrick Mahomes. No. Um, they call Troy Eggman out, who, if you look statistically, should not be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He, he played for Dallas. That's the only reason he's in the in the exactly. Um, he benefited from an amazing coach and a great, great legendary roster. Right. Um, he's not better than Patrick Mahomes. No. So although everyone is going crazy. We're going to have to sit back and actually think about this. In the short time that Patrick Mahomes has been in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes may go down as the greatest quarterback ever. Now, will he pass Tom Brady when it comes to championships? It remains to be seen. Um, Tom has, what, eight, eight rings? Um, Patrick has one. Uh, does he have one or two? I think he has one. Yeah, this is yeah, third yeah, this this third Super Bowl. Um, so yeah. he has one. So he may not pass him in rings, but if you watch Patrick Mahomes, come on, y'all, look at this boy. He throws the ball behind his back. He mm -hmm. tosses the ball. Do you remember that toss to Pacheco in one of the later games during the season where he's clearly going out of bounds about to be sacked and he just underhand tosses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. I mean, listen, man, listen. I'm, I'm, I want to hate Patrick Mahomes so bad. I want to hate him so bad. But I just cannot. The boy is an absolute magician in that pocket. I don't think we've ever seen anything like him. That combination of talent, that combination of accuracy, that combination of extended plays, speed. I don't think we've seen anything like it. And shout out to uh, my guy. What, what's the guy at ESPN? The ball head guy that used to be GM. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, the ball head black guy used to be a GM. Oh, Lou, Lou Reddick? 
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him because when Patrick Mahomes came in the league and he was uh, backing up um, Alex Smith, he yelled out, this guy may be one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. And they all side-eyed him. And he was absolutely right. So come on, yo. Not Dan Marino. Not John Elway. Not Troy Aikman. I'll take you, Joe Montana, and I'll take and I'll take you, Tom Brady. Come on, yo. Patrick Mahomes could be number one, two, or three ever in the NFL. Agree. I think by the time his uh, career ends, we'll he'll be in the pantheon with um, you know, with the with the Brady, with the big winners. He's going to be up there with the Montanas and and the Brady's as a as a big winner. So, um. Let me go ahead and jump into this. Come on, yo, real quick. Come on, Pro Bowl. <laughs> now, the NFL Pro Bowl is being played tomorrow <laughs> in Las Vegas. And uh, this annual game has undergone many changes over the last several years, Calvin. Um, the modern version of the Pro Bowl, um, is it was played in Hawaii yearly, the week after the Super Bowl. And then several years ago, uh, to create interest in the game, the league moved it to the week prior to the Super Bowl, and they held it at sites like in Miami and this year it's in Vegas. And so uh, if you've ever just been home and watched the game, I don't know anybody who watches this game, the players, they don't they no longer tackle in the game. It's, it's really just turned into a glorified like practice and so it's gotten so bad that this year the league they decided to ditch the game and they decided to have a skills competition and a flag football game in place of the actual game you know uh kind of ridiculous but you know I, I you know it feels like it's fell to a a low but i think they fell to a new low though calvin this year because so many players had declined to participate in the game the NFL was left to add Baltimore Ravens backup quarterback Tyler Huntley <laughs> to the Pro Bowl roster. Yeah, you heard that right. <laughs> Tyler Huntley, who's only thrown two touchdown passes this season, is a Pro Bowler. As a matter of fact, Calvin, uh, uh, Tyler Huntley, he played in six games this season. He has more interceptions than touchdowns. He has three interceptions, two touchdowns. Um, his career, <laughs> he's only won uh, three games as a starter, and he has more interceptions than touchdowns. He has seven interceptions to five touchdowns as a career starter. Now, um, with that in mind, it's like, come on, yo, it's time to get rid of this game because it's officially turned into the battle of the network starts. Do you, you remember the Battle of the Network Stars? Battle of the Network Stars used to be my joint. They used to race them dudes. <laughs> yeah. They Come on now. Tug of War. They used to be my Bro. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, the Battle of the Network Stars was a series of competitions in which television stars from ABC, CBS, and NBC would compete in various sporting events. Now, a total of 19 of these competitions was held between 1976 and 1988, and they all aired on ABC. And the regular events included swimming, kayaking, volleyball, golf, tennis. They did bowling on uh, custom-made outside lanes, outdoor lanes. They had cycling, three-on-three -three football, the baseball dunk, 
running in the obstacle course. Also, they featured a regular event uh, in the competition, Simon Says. <laughs> you remember that? Says, yes. And after the regular events were over, the lowest scoring network was eliminated from further competition, and the two remaining networks determined the day's winner with the final event, the tug of war. <laughs> now, one season, you got to go to YouTube to see this. One season, there was a controversy between NBC and ABC, and to settle it, Robert Conrad, the star of Bob Bob Black Sheep, he raced Gabe Kaplan, the star of Welcome Back Carter, to determine the winner of the competition. This was an open 400 meter race between the two of them, and Gabe Kaplan won. <laughs> So better yet, Calvin, maybe they need to replace the uh, the Pro Bowl with the Superstars. Now, the Superstars was the sports version of Battle of the Network Stars. Yes. This was a televised sporting event that featured 10 top athletes from 10 different sports competing in events that were not their own. Now, I didn't know this until I researched it. One year, boxer Joe Frazier nearly drowned in the swimming competition. <laughs> I didn't well, know that either. Yes. Come to find out, Joe Frazier couldn't swim. <laughs> but he decided to get into the competition anyway because he he wanted to see, you know, he, I never swam, but I wanted to at least give it a try. And he almost drowned. <laughs> the the superstars one was when we found out how fast Daryl Green was. Right. Job was. That's when they used to actually have them sprints. And they were like doing sprints and all that sprint. stuff. Yeah. They had an obstacle course. They had to climb over a wall. Yeah, they would do the heats and the sprint, and they would, just like the Olympics, they would run them down to the championship round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So they were the shows. NFL, Roger Goodell, I know you listen to this show. Stop wasting our time with this mess because nobody cares (laughs) about the Pro Bowl anymore. The players don't care, and the fans don't want to see it. So, y'all, why don't y'all just come up with another superstars? Or do the battle of the network stars. Y'all have the announcers from each network compete against each other <laughs> in some <laughs> competitions and stuff. And let's just do that. I was watching something. They're catching water balloons. They 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 hitting. They having the longest uh, driver. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they doing out there in Vegas. But yeah, come on, yo. No more Pro Bowl. No, you got Tyler Huntley in it. A man who. Is a proven loser. <laughs> far, so far be it from me to deny Tyler Huntley this. I ain't against the man yeah. money. I ain't against the man yeah. money. He far just when you think of Pro Bowl, he just man his Pro Bowl check. But God damn, I put you on this. But see, no, hold on. Now see y'all, see y'all. I tried, but Garland did it. We tried to get through this without speaking on any Raven stuff. And he go, Garland. <laughs> With the Tyler Huntley slander, <laughs> <laughs> man, when he made the Pro Bowl, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." I had to refresh it. I had to Google right. it to make sure that it wasn't a troll. I was like, "This has to be a Calvin, This he, ain't true." <laughs> he finished in a seven-way tie for forty-eighth place in touchdown passes this season. <laughs> what happened to? Is Teddy Bridgewater still hurt? What about the third back yeah. in Miami? He didn't play too bad. Is Jacoby Brissett there? Jacoby Brissett actually played well. Like, how Calvin. did he get to Tyler Huntley? Huntley threw as many touchdown passes as David Blah and Tyson Hill. They could have just put Tyson Hill back there. <laughs> 
I just, yeah, man. I was with you with that. Again, again, get that money, young man. This this really tests this really tests my philosophy because like I've always said, I'm a players guy. I'm not an owner's guy. I'm all for the players getting as much money as they can mm. when they can. But this was one that even I was like, <laughs> if I was in an interview and they brought this up to me, I'd be like, uh, I haven't researched this yet. I, I'd like right. to speak on this a little later. <laughs> right. Come on, man. This, yeah. So, yeah. Come on, yo. Uh, come on, NFL. Let's. <laughs> Let's do something different now. I, I say battle of the uh, network stars to get the announcers involved, the sign live reporters, you know, have uh, uh, the chick from uh, Fox. Uh, I think her name's Katrina Pink or. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Christina Pink. Yeah. Christina Pink. Or you could get uh, the other sister who's been doing it for a while. Get the uh, Mal what's the girl Malika. Um yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, Malika uh, Andrews. And, <laughs> yeah, get get them to come and compete. Get, do get, something uh, like that. Tina Obamnike. <laughs> yeah, you get Maria Taylor. Get Maria Taylor in there. Something like a little bit. Something. <laughs> something. Something else. <laughs> Plus, anyway. man, the um the Pro Bowl is not really an incentive for the players anymore because it's in Vegas, and I'm sure they go to Vegas a number. Of right, times. they probably all live. It's no longer Vegas. in Hawaii. When it was in Hawaii, they were at least right. excited to go. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it it's it's really falling off that. So they may have to start doing um something different like the NBA did. The NBA made theirs a little more exciting when they had teams being picked and didn't just keep it to East and West. So now right. the LeBron, I think this year it's LeBron. Well, you know, they and, did um, they did do the pick one year. They did. Remember, they did a draft. Oh, they did? I don't yeah, remember. That. Yeah, well, yeah. This was like maybe three. Out. Yeah, it was. It got boring. Like, they had players there, and they were doing a draft and other players. They, they yeah. tried. They tried. The, they tried. the NFL um, Pro Bowl kind of waned off when they stopped allowing hitting, um, right. which we completely understand. You don't want any of your players right. hurt. And get in the long-term injury, so it's it's not a problem of that. But it, you know, you watch football to see the actual grit and grind of the game, and you know the the Pro Bowl just doesn't have that anymore. I mean, the Pro Bowl is actually, I think, if you took a poll with most fans, it's something that you could actually just get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, and I doubt if we would care. Nobody will miss it. Nobody miss it. Yeah, I doubt if we would care. So. But yeah, man, we we I think we've had another good show here. Yeah, right? man. Another two weeks wrapped up in the one. Um, make sure you join us this coming Tuesday. Um, we did miss the last couple of yeah. BMFs, but we are going to do it this coming Tuesday when we'll review the last two episodes of BMF that did come out that do come out on Fridays. Um, yeah. that'll be Tuesday at seven o'clock, and then we'll definitely be back here next Saturday or next weekend, because sometimes it's Friday, sometimes it's Saturday, maybe Sunday, but next weekend to record another. Yeah, and we're back with our Super Bowl prediction, all that stuff, and so yeah, we'll be ready. Yeah, man, we gotta mm -hmm. do the Super Bowl Little Super Bowl preview. Mm -hmm. yeah, you wanna give out some awards? Oh yeah, we can. We even give out some uh, season-ending awards if yeah. we want. So yeah, we might the craft a whole thing, talk about a little season-ending awards, make some Super Bowl predictions, and all those great things. We'll probably talk about Kyrie being a Laker. I, I, that's right, I said it. Oh my goodness, Kyrie being a Laker. Hey, Rich Paul and LeBron, they'll figure it out. Kyrie being a Laker, and how my Lakers are going to jump to the number two seed in the West. I'm not going to go that far. That's right. I said it. Hey, if, if, if I'm Durant, if they trade 
uh, Kyrie to the Lakers, then I'm like, can y'all move me to the Warriors? <laughs> what? Listen, watch out, because my Lakers already got my my sister team, my other team, Ray Hachimura. Hachimura. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how right. you pronounce they go on places. Ray Hachimura. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Ray Hachitachi. His <laughs> father hey, invented the Hachitachi Five Thousand. Y'all been clown, y'all been clowning my Lakers ever since the most the most difficult championship ever to win that they got inside the bubble, y'all. That didn't count. And this year they that, have solid that ring put don't count a successful season so far. Put an asterisk next to their championship. <laughs> you have to because that asterisk, and if you look in the footnotes, the asterisk will say the most difficult championship shit ever. <laughs> Don't count. <laughs> the bubble don't count. <laughs> hey, we, we thank you all for joining us. Make sure you yeah. rate, review, uh, suggest this to your friends, send it out there. Again, we thank you for joining us. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Um, I think we're gonna we got some cold weather. I think we're gonna start warming up yeah. towards the end of next week. It's gonna weekend. be like 70 degrees on, on Monday. So yeah, we'll man, it's, it's gonna start warming up. I mm-hmm. mean, I know they talked about uh, po- what's his name, Poxitani Paul or whatever. But- Won't they leave that thing alone, Poxitani exactly. Phil? That yes. thing asleep. Like white people, they need that. They let's, out there jamming. Let's move on to the Park Heights pit bull. Right outside, <laughs> stayed outside, and let you know that summer is on. Spring is on the way. That's what we we looking for the Park Heights the pit Park Heights pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, once again, thank you all for joining us. This right. is All Things Black presents Fanboys. Little shot. Tyler Huntley's hater over there <laughs> is gone. <laughs> A whole two touchdowns. Little shot. Later, bro. You have been listening to Fanboys, an All Things Black with Garland and Calvin production. Thank you for listening. And make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms.